Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Um, excuse me. No. <laughs> You're not excused. <laughs> Two resting witch shades. Your one-stop pump for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. I'm Bailey Bennett. Now you may speak. I am Grant Jacoby. <laughs> I will not be silenced. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm, I realize that this is like a first listener. They're going to be like, who's like, this mansplainer? Also, but also like... We are very bitchy to each other, and I think that's something that you need to know about our friendship. Um, (laughs) I love, like, in a previous episode where you're like, you know when you flip the bird to someone, and, like, not, like, when you do it to a friend? And I was like, I totally get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had to tell you, I had a really fantastic experience recently that I think our listeners would enjoy. Okay. Um, Kyle and I went to Governor's Island for the first time. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And we were riding around on bikes. It was idyllic honestly there's basically no cars on the island so you can just rent bikes and ride them wherever you want do people live there like a few okay it was very weird and kind of like abandoned feeling but Mm -hmm. also very beautiful but so we're riding around and there's like this giant structure on the island that we were passing by on our bikes and, and there were like these the windows were kind of like covered up and some of the windows had like random like post-it notes in them that might have like had notes on them and we were like what is this place and i was obviously was like please let it be an abandoned hospital like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i need this and we went around to the other side we looked at the front and lo and behold it was a fucking abandoned hospital shut up really yeah mm-hmm. i tried to look it up to see if it was haunted i didn't really find much but i think it was used like during a war uh don't know which boring. one but i mean the bright side is <laughs> it was an abandoned hospital kyle yeah. and i just sat like there was this nice tree in front of it. So we just like sat down and kind of looked at it for a while. I really wanted to go inside. Kyle said I couldn't. So you're, I bet you're not allowed. I'm sure you're not, but I think I could have done it. Some of the windows were open. Yeah. That's not, I feel like the ideal hospital aesthetic is like up on a hill mm-hmm. was probably a formal, like mental me- hospital, mental hospital where course. like the people abuse the patients. Those are gonna be the most haunted. Not sorry, not sorry, not the most <laughs> the, ideal. The ideal situation. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. I meant like that. Those are the ones that are like definitely oh, yeah. gonna be haunted. Like oh, yeah. fucking like the one on um was it Staten Island or Roosevelt Island? There's one of the one of the other islands. It definitely has a, a, I think a mental Staten hospital. Island. I think they tore it down, but it's mm-hmm. the one that like Geraldo. It's like the bad one, Ooh. the children's one, the bad oh, one. Oh no. Well, that's fun. <sighs> um, I also. Just wanted to say um, a quick thank you to our listeners because for so our episode two episodes ago when we talked about horror movies, mm-hmm. so many of you guys sent so us many. suggestions on Instagram. Yeah, you guys, we also got an email from um, a girl named Kelsey who sent us her quick Netflix horror movie guide with just a bunch of movies that are under the radar and underrated that I personally had never heard of. Grant probably has heard of all of them and seen all of them, but so many of these movies that we didn't mention, obviously like we didn't mention everything, but it was really nice to hear your guys' suggestions and the movies that you love. And you did seem to agree with us on some of them, which is good, but well, yeah, obviously we love when people agree with us, (laughs) obviously, but that was a really fun episode for us to record. So thank you for engaging with us on it. Um, And maybe one day we'll do 
a part two or yeah, just keep, keep sending suggestions for movies we might like, because as someone who is always looking for good ways to scare myself. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, don't you have a I do. story? So, um, so this was brought to my attention a couple days ago and, um, I thought that was really applicable because when we did the episode or when you did the episode about, um, what was her name? The woman who went missing in Canada and then was eventually found because like mm. the, the police would always like open up cases. Was that Dorothy? No, that was no that Dorothy Scott. I did. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Great. Um, but, but long story short, like you were talking about how like, it's so amazing that this like, um, it was like this, it was the Surrey Cruise Police Department. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I'll find her name. How they open up like a cold case or like they. Lucy Ann Johnson. Lucy Ann Johnson. Sorry. Good with cold cases. So it was brought to my attention that the Newport Beach Police, um, which is in Newport Beach, California, um, has started this kind of Twitter thread about this young girl named Linda O'Keefe or Linda Ann O'Keefe who 45 years ago, she disappeared from Newport Beach and her body was found murdered the next day in Back Bay, um, wherever that is. Loki, I'm not going to lie, when I first read the story until right now, I thought it was from Boston because of Back Bay. <laughs> and there's a Newport cool. Beach is close to there, but obviously this is from California. And it's this Twitter thread that just got started on the, um, the 6th, so not that long ago. And if you go find it, it's really it's really interesting and it's really really sad and the the hashtag for it is linda's story mm-hmm. and basically what they've done is they've gone through and like almost from like the first person they like talk about her last day and her like last whereabouts oh no up through when she died and about how there have kind of been some new leads in the case because of dna and they're like reaching out to the public so basically it's, it's, you know, it's a really horrible, tragic case, but what I think what they're doing is really amazing is that they're using social media as a way of like in, re-engaging the community and being like, Hey, like this, oh, even wow. though this, this, this poor girl was murdered 45 years ago, like we're still trying to find the, the guy and like based on DNA, like we've had this new composite sketch of like what he might look like, especially like then and now. Oh, wow. Um, so if you're listening out there and you happen to, if you just like want to kind of get bummed out by a, an unsolved murder or if you potentially might know something that might help this case get solved. Cause um, I feel like with a lot of like 23 and me and things like that, like a lot of cases like mm-hmm. are being solved yeah. right now. It's amazing. Um, check out. It's the, it's the Newport beach police, which is on Twitter at Newport beach PD. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And so her name is um, Linda Ann O'Keefe. That's very cool. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. I have a quick, Hey, that scared the shit out of me, which now seems kind of stupid in relation to what you just said. I mean, <laughs> this, that's like the brand of this podcast. Whatever. I realize. Um, I, so this actually happened to me. Can you believe it? Mm. Um, but a quick context for why this was scary. Can you just tell us a little bit about, I know who killed me. <laughs> oh, oh, the God. Lindsay Lohan classic. It is. It is the um, it was overlooked by the Academy mm-hmm. for the Oscars. Absolutely. I will never understand why. Mm-hmm. It features Lindsay Lohan playing not one but two roles, one of which she is a stripper. Mm-hmm. It features, with a wooden leg, metal leg, uh, robotic leg, robotic leg that charges okay. in the corner while she for fucks sure. some dude. Um, yes. There's a hairless cat. There's yes. a lot of blue gloves. Yes, the some blue, blue gloves roses specifically. Okay. Oh, 
Okay. So I don't I don't even remember why the blue gloves gloves were like present in this film, but it, it was like an omen of something bad was going to happen when they would find one. Yeah, well, it was also I think an overarching motif of like the the film is very very saturated in blue. There's like the blue roses, and I feel yes. like she's stripping at the club where it's like really sad. And it's like the overarching theme is like she has like a dead twin who was like murdered by a serial killer, and she's trying to figure out. But then. Then when she wakes up, she like wakes up from a coma and she thinks she's the twin or something like that. So, because I know who killed me. No, it's you're telling it really wrong. But okay. I don't know if anyone okay, cares. So, so what happens is that she goes. <laughs> so she's one person. She goes missing. No one died. Like she never died. Neither the twins. Died. I don't want to give it away. It's actually it's really convoluted and it's actually pretty dumb. Basically, one twin exhibits like one twin gets kidnapped and like her legs gets cut off and then the other twin like starts exhibiting the same. Oh. Um, wound okay and so she gets found okay and then she gets brought home and they're like you're whatever her name is and she's like no i'm actually this person i don't know who that person is so it's like the like okay figure out who it's okay great anyway all of you should really see that film it's real bad but it's a true fantastic um the the reason i brought this up was for the very quick quick reason of telling you that when i was traveling on metro north the other day which Mm -hmm. is a train that goes between connecticut and new york there was a man in his 30s sitting near me, by me on the train oh, no. who, for Martin the entire Jones. ride, was wearing blue surgical gloves. Are you serious? That's actually very unsettling, regardless uh, of the film. Yes. Regardless of the film, why are you wearing disposable plastic blue surgical gloves for this train ride? My guess would be because of sanitary reasons. Yeah, but, but like, like, buy yourself a mini hand sanitizer. Like, no one needs to see that. That's like you're about to go kill Isn't that someone. Fucking crazy. That's and really creepy. Like so creepy. Do you like snag a picture of it? No, I'm sorry, but he you probably would have b- killed you. B- believe me, he, then I would have known who killed me. Yeah, that would have been I know who killed Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, we love you. Yeah, she's not our badass bitch of the week. She's certainly not, but she um, probably would be. But she's a Trump supporter, so yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, I'm not really on board with her anymore. But why don't you tell us who your badass bitch is this week? So. <laughs> Mine is, we're going a little, not off brand, but we're going to like a, a different brand of okay. something I'm very, very passionate about. All right. Which is dogs. Sure. My baddest bitch of the week is not a dog. Okay. I was going to say. So are you familiar with the Twitter, Instagram account, We Rate Dogs? We Rate Dogs. We Rate Dogs. I think I have heard of it, but I don't think I've So seen it. it's like one of my favorite accounts and like periodically they post uh, like photos of dogs and I'll be like this is like one like heckin' good pepper. And then like, it always get like more than 10 out of 10. So be like 12 okay. out of 10. And it's really okay. cute and it's really wholesome. And so I f- started following it and um, just like through just like following it and like loving it, I, f- I f- started reading more about the guy who created it. And his mm-hmm. name is Matt Nelson. He's 21 years old. Oh my God. And he was, he, so he's kind of like my baddest bitch. Lady. Okay. <laughs> so he was a freshman in college, uh-huh. um, like studying to be like, I think start going to school for golf because at some schools you can, you can go for golf. I know it's no, you can't. It's okay. like, it's a golf management. No, I believe that that's a thing. So he starts this like Twitter account, which then like takes off. So he eventually decides to drop out of college oh my God. to run this Twitter account about dogs full time. Stop. He now makes like six figures Stop. doing it. How many followers does it have? So on Twitter, uh, 7 million followers. Oh, wow. Um, he also runs another account called Dog Feelings or Thoughts of Dog, uh-huh. where it's just like from the perspective of a dog that's very, very cute and very sweet that has 1.3 million followers. 
That's so, I, I mean, good like, for him. Good for him. And like, so the other reason I was going to bring it up is that it's not only just like cute, sweet, wholesome dogs is that he's also been like really, really pro LGBT. And so he, he posted mm. um, a lot of photos during pride of dogs like wearing rainbow flags and people Yay. comment being like, I don't need this political oh shit. Like, and so his response, like, if you think love is political, then like, get, like, get the fuck out. Like, like oh my God. And it's like, like really like, st- and like, it's so, and like post like pictures of dogs, like wearing things where it's like, this dog is against sexual assault. And like, it's just like, so, it's just so nice to see someone using like, a, granted a very wholesome, lovely platform yeah. for social change and political good. And, um, and it's just this like 21 year old kid. And oh like, I guess he's not a kid, but that's young though. Yeah. But also like, I think that there's something to be said. I'm as someone who's a big f- fan of higher education. I love that, you know, he was able to, cause I was reading this like article that was interviewing him and he was like basically burning the candle from both ends at school. And mm-hmm. he was like, but I have this kind of growing business and like they sell merch and um, yeah. calendars. I actually got my sister and her husband, <laughs> um, like best doggo dad and like oh. dog mom shirts. Yeah. And I like love them. Um, I mean, yeah, like college is great, but it's not necessarily for everyone. And like, maybe he'll pursue it later in life. But, yeah. Like, you might as well follow your doggy dreams. Yeah. But for right now, he gets to like work out of his parents' house and like hang out with his like amazingly adorable golden retriever named Zoe and like <laughs> post things about dogs. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. The answer is this podcast that's and nothing else. Great. That's that's how it should be. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I love that. So, I'm, you know, it's kind of weird that the past two weeks of my baddest bitches have been 21 year old men but um oh do you have a type i guess so i do like younger men Mm. not that young okay um okay so my my badass bitches this week are the hosts of another podcast that we have not talked about on this on this podcast um actually previous guest on rwf andrew marco Mm. turned me on to this podcast and it is it's called the bechtel cast have you heard of it no i have not um and it's hosted by Caitlin Durante, I think that's how you pronounce it, and uh, Jamie Loftus. And they're both really cool, like funny comedian academics, like very, very smart and opinionated. Um, but basically the the podcast is kind of surrounds the idea of the Bechtel test, mm-hmm. in which you know what it is. But yeah, just explain it. I will. Um, so the Bechtel test is a test that you can use to see if a film is like representing women well or mm-hmm. has like is being feminist which is basically that there needs to be two women in the film you need to know their names they need to have a conversation with each other and that conversation cannot be about a man and you would be shocked i I know to find out how many films do not pass this test very very many films do not and i've listened to a lot of episodes so far um and they so they talk about you know, they talk about the Bechtel test in relation to the movie that they're talking about, but they also talk about it in in the larger context of feminism. And Ooh, I just, need to listen to this. It's podcast. really good. Just as you know, and they talk about it as a movie in general. I listened to they have a Jurassic Park episode with Stephen mm-hmm. Ray Morris, who is the producer of My Favorite Murder. Um, I just listened to an episode that they did about Shrek, and <laughs> which does not pass. Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I just listened to one about Moulin Rouge, and it's like, and it is a little like. Personally, Trek was one of my favorite movies growing up, and this did a little, a little damage on my perception of it. But also, like maybe needed to be done. I've actually been surprised um, with watching. I think we've kind of I've touched about this in like certain aspects, mostly with like TV shows. But like going back and watching movies, like I went like probably a couple months ago. I watched Miss Congeniality mm-hmm. again, which is like a movie I loved. Mm-hmm. I watched it and was like, oh, this is 
this is not good. Like yeah. this would, this shit would not fly. Like so much of the humor is about how like, oh yeah, she's ugly and no one want to oh, fuck yeah. her, and she's a dude and she's a dyke and like blah blah blah. Yes, Sandra Bullock's so hideous. I know. Like can't <laughs> like, even look at they, her. They like teased her hair a little bit and like probably didn't have her pluck her eyebrows for like a day, and they're yeah. like, Ugh! Like, like put her put, in like put glasses on her because yeah, you know like, put her how in, like, disgusting that is. Put her in, a, in like a button down. They're like, oh yeah, oh, she's heinous. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Scream would pass the, the Bechdel test. I think so because I think so it's too. well. Does it count if they're talking about a man who's a murderer? I don't know because <laughs> they talk about that a lot. But I think it, I think at least my understanding about it is it's like if like they're two women but they're like fighting over the man like that would not be that would not pass. Yeah. Well, the th- the issue is like Scream at least has like multiple female characters. Like that can't be like for Jurassic Park, which is a film that has like a badass character like Laura Dern's character in Jurassic Park. The only women in that movie are Laura Dern and Lex, who's the granddaughter. Yeah. And they, it barely passes because they have like a two line exchange about like how to fight off a raptor. That's so fucked up. But it's, that's it. That's like the only time that they even interact Uh, with one another. That really bums me out. Yeah. So there's a lot of films like this. It's very eye opening once you start to think about it, but it's a really funny and fun podcast and like doing really great work for fighting the patriarchy, which obviously I'm on board with. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to subscribe to that. Yeah. Uh, here we are then. Well, speaking of Bechtel tests and speaking of women, yeah. let's get right into this story. It's, oh, wow. It's so applicable. <laughs> um, these women were not fighting over a man. It's nope. unclear what the fuck they were it's doing. It's unclear. So I was partially inspired, also partially was already going to do this anyways, about your story last week mm-hmm. about um, the Trump, not Trump, family. Yes. And that case of Folia did, and mm-hmm. this is a case, this is a story I really wanted to talk about in this podcast. You might have heard it recapped on My Favorite Murder or other outlets. I know there've been some documentaries about it. Regardless, still going to do it. Don't. Oh care. my god, this I I could literally talk about cases of Folia de for the yeah. rest of my life because it yeah, is that's so what fascinating. This resting Folia de face. Yep. <laughs> um, and so this is the story of the Erickson twins. And I'm so excited. Let's just get right into it. Yeah, I will say, like, I know kind of about this case, but not the details. So well. Unlike York's case last week, someone does die. Oh, I, f- I, 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 don't, I don't even I know. I always that. forget about the murder part. Okay, cool. Okay. Great. Okay. Identical twin sisters, Sabina and Ursula Erickson, were born in Sweden on November 3rd, 1967, and grew up in Sun, S-U-N-N-E, yeah. Varmland, with an older sister named Mona and an older brother named Bjorn. First disclaimer, um, I had to rewrite a lot of this because... Um, so it wasn't just copy and paste because a lot of it was written because a lot of this takes place in um, England. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was written with like British inflection and mm. British spelling and it was very confusing. So I apologize if some wording is like, um, oh. but they're also Swedish. Um, not much is known about their time growing up, although there was no apparent history of mental health issues or criminal convictions while they were young or in their family. By the year 2000, Ursula was living in the U.S., while Sabina was living in Mallow, County Cork in Ireland, with her partner and their two children. On Friday, May 16th, 2008, Ursula visited... I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was so recent. Yeah, no, it's really recent. Was, sorry, you just I heard a gasp, and I was sorry. like, what? Is it, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a ghost behind you. Um, oh, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Friday, May 16th, 2008... Ursula visited Sabina, but for reasons that were unclear, the two sisters secretly departed Ursula's home for Liverpool, England. What is with these, like, weird-ass road trips? Well, what's interesting is, so they weren't 
the reason this is so fascinating is they were living continents apart. Sabina, uh, Ursula was in the U.S., Sabina's in uh, Ireland, and for some reason they visit each other, and then some reason we're like, let's go to Liverpool. Okay. They traveled by ferry, and once they arrived in Liverpool at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday the 17th of 2008, they quickly went into the St. Anne Street Police Station, apparently in order to report concerns for the safety of Sabina's children. Okay. Which was obviously very confusing because it's kind of unclear why they thought or why this report could not have been done back in Ireland. And also, were their kids in danger in any way? Well, not necessarily okay. that we know of. The Liverpool police did contact Dublin to follow up on their quest, learning that Sabina had had a fight with her partner the previous night, which may have been the, um, they believe was the initial instigation maybe for fleeing. Okay. Um, but the kids, I think, were fine. Um, around 11.30 a.m. on that same day, again, for unknown reasons, the two then boarded a National Express coach bus headed to London. So they just were like... We're out, bitch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got to go. Um, a police report stated that the twins suddenly disembarked from the bus at Keel Services, which was kind of a, just a motorway service station. So kind of just like a, you know, like a rest stop. Okay. Um, claiming that they were not feeling well. The driver of the bus, however, became very suspicious of the twins' request since this was not a scheduled stop on the bus route. He also noticed that the twins were clinging to their bags very tightly and did, and he would not let them reboard because they refused to let them him search the bags for illegal items. Oh, that's it's not a great sign. It's not great, but also at the same time, like, it, does he have the authority to be no. like, you can't get back on this bus? No. But at the same time... I, I understand why he was concerned. I feel like then you would just, like, call the police and yeah. be like, hey, like, these women are acting really strange. They won't... Yeah. Like, if, like... Um, but instead, um, at 1 p.m., the driver decided to leave them there at the Kiel services due to their erratic behavior. That's, just was that's like, how you deal with Yeah, they're just like, bye. You know. um, the manager of the service station, however, was informed of the twins being left behind, and she, too, also felt suspicious of their demeanor, movements, and fixation on their bags. So she called the police. Good but, job. <laughs> yeah, so like someone's doing something. Um, however, the officers came and arrived and talked to Sabina and Ursula, but eventually left after deeming that the woman seemed the, the two women seemed harmless. Okay. Spoiler alert, they were not. They are not. As seen on CCTV cameras, Sabina and Ursula departed the service station on foot and began to walk down the central reservation of the M6, which was a three-lane motor highway. So like a big like Okay, so they're just fucking walking down the middle. Walking of the down the middle of like three lanes on each side, like Cars going at least 60 miles an hour. Perfect. How, um, wait, how did they get across to the middle in the first place? They just like ran across. I think they like ran off. Which okay, perfect. You'll see is one of their favorite activities because Great. eventually the two attempted to cross the highway, causing a lot of obvious chaos in mm-hmm. traffic because if you're driving down a highway, you don't expect to see someone mm-hmm. run out into the middle of the road and eventually resulted in Sabina getting hit by a small hit hatchback, although she only received minor injuries from the impact. Okay. I have, I have seen the video of this. Yeah, so for those of you that are curious, this whole or the the subsequent events are all captured on um, film, which I'm going to talk about in a second. So after this first incident, the highways agency officers were res- responded, and the police from the Central Motorway Police Group were called to assist. Along with the police came a small television crew who just so happened to be filming this show called Motorway Cops with the officers nearby. So that's why we're able to see this all. Oh, so it was like it was kind of like obviously cops in America, but in yeah. when they had this show. So it wasn't just like... Oh, good day for those producers. <laughs> I, I mean, they are, were about to freaking strike the gold mine. So the police came, obviously assessed to see um, if uh, who, uh, Sabina was okay. Um, and they were talking with the two women on the side of the road when, without warning, Ursula broke free of the officer and ran 
mm-hmm. into the side of an oncoming Mercedes-Benz. Oh, my um, God. It says Mercedes-Benz, but I watched the video. I'm pretty sure it's a fucking truck that was okay. traveling at 56 miles per hour. And so in the video, it's, so they're, they're talking to the two women, and they're kind of, like, in the background. And, yeah, Ursula just, like, starts running, yeah. and the officer grabs onto her coat, which I think is the only reason, like, her, she lived, is because yeah. if it had been, like, two seconds mm-hmm. more, she probably would have been completely flattened by this truck. Oh, my God. So, obviously, the all the police officers were in total shock, and so they were, like, running to Ursula, when Sabina then decided to follow suit by quickly sprinting into the road and was hit head-on by a Volkswagen. Oh, my God. Also traveling at high speed. It's it's horrible. It's Girls. so bad. Um, miraculously, both the sisters somehow survived. Oh. Ursula was immobilized. Um, she's the second sister who... No, sorry, the first one who ran out um, mm-hmm. because the impact of the car had crushed her legs oh. while Sabina was... Um, unconscious for about 15 minutes. Uh, paramedics arrived and began treating the two sisters. However, Ursula resisted medical aid by spitting, scratching, and screaming. Oh, my God. Um, what, is, she, what is wrong with them? A, a lot. So yeah. um, through this ordeal, she was um, heard screaming at the policeman as they restrained her, saying, I recognize you. I know you're not real. Oh, honey. Um, Sabina eventually became conscious and began shouting at Ursula saying they're they're going to steal your organs. Oh my god. Um so to the sp- surprise of the police, Sabina, who had been unconscious for 15 minutes after getting hit by a truck yeah. which they set or hit by a car which she like went over the hood like crushed the windshield and then like landed on the ground. Um she was able to get to her feet. Oh my god. And despite obviously uh pers- they're like persuading they like have one of those like metal bl- like blankets mm. over her. Mhm. You know what I'm talking about? Like the aluminum yeah. blankets, I think. And they're like, they're like trying to get her to stay down. She won't. Um, and she starts screaming and calling for the police. Which they're already there. Yep. And okay. so they're screaming back at her being like, no, we are the police. Yeah. And she keeps saying like, help. I need oh, the police. No. Um, she continues to struggle with them and eventually hitting the, um, an officer in the face before running back into traffic and onto the other side of the motorway. Oh, my God. Like, Cut your losses. Yeah. Also, I feel like they're in, I feel like they're in such an agitated mental state that they're actually experiencing like a superhuman level of like physical strength Mm -hmm. as well, because there's no reason that you should be able to be hit full on by a car and then get up and run away. Yeah. And she was the one, I think that was the second car she was hit by. Let me just double check. I get confused. Oh yeah. Cause I think she, it said she was, she got, Yeah. so she's now been hit by two cars. Okay, great. And is able to run, so to punch an officer in the face and sure. run across the highway. Right. Because um, it's also like a group of officers should be able to like sedate two women. So, well, I watched this video. It's crazy. And the officers are comment and they're interviewed and they're commenting on it. And one officer says that she seemed not only ready to fight, but had the kind of strength that was only, he's only ever seen with someone who's on drugs. Oh, wow. She was not on drugs. They're not on drugs. Um, and it took six people Holy shit. three officers and including several members of the public to restrain sabina and carry her to a waiting ambulance at which point she was handcuffed and sedated oh my god um she continued to shout for help for the police and kept repeating asking why are you doing this it's like well, girl there's a lot of reasons reason number one <laughs> <laughs> the first the two reasons car <laughs> yeah the, the, the reason number two the second car reason number three because you punched an officer mm. right in the face mm-hmm. um so she was, again, she was sedated and she was taken away. Um, Ursula, however, because she was, her legs were crushed, she was airlifted to the hospital. All right. So if we've recovered from that, 
incident. Um, that's just the beginning. You can you can watch the video online. I did yesterday. It's not like it's not gory. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy because you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the the idea of watching someone run and not only one person run to traffic, two people, and to someone do it for a third time Mm-mm. after being hit by two. It just it's crazy. Mm-mm. And they're not and they're not running to like. It doesn't seem like they're running to get away. No. They're running to like towards they're like, the traffic. They're like, we want to be hit by a car. We yep. need to be in this highway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, I need to be one with this highway. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I live now. <laughs> um, so Sabina was taken to the hospital where despite her ordeal, she soon calmed down and um, was actually released five hours later. What? Yeah, there was, so the police seem to be doing everything or more or less everything right up until about this point. Okay, yeah, because these are people who need to be very much treated in a mental hospital. Yes, at the very least have like a full psych eval. Yes. They did not get that. Okay, great. So um, also during the time at her the hospital, she apparently showed a lot of lack, or showed lack of concern for her sister's injuries. Oh. Um, this part creeps me out. So when she was in police custody, she again, was very relaxed. And and while she was processed, she told an officer, we say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, maybe two. Uh-uh. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay, girls. <sighs> so on May 19th, 2008, Sabina was released from court without a full psychiatric evaluation. Great. Having pled guilty to charges of trespass on the motorway and hitting a police officer. Trespass. Yeah, I don't know if that's what that's okay. called. Okay. And if what's what sucks is like those poor people that were just like driving on the highway. Yeah. And like, can you imagine? Did the, anyone else get hurt? I don't think so. Okay. Luckily, no one else was hurt except probably the people who were driving and were like horribly yeah. traumatized by having to like hit someone. Be like, how can oh you? Oh my god! Yeah. Mm, I would never. I would probably wouldn't get in the car again. Um, At least you can be like, yeah, that really wasn't my fault because this woman really wanted yeah, to be hit by a really car. wanted to be under my car as it was driving over her. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't mean to make light of the situation, yeah, but there's I just mean, really no way to cope with how of human behavior. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, from these charges, she was sentenced to one day in prison. No, 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 no. Um, which she was which she had been deemed to have already served since she spent the a full night in police custody. So they just let her go. Perfect. What could go wrong? I'll tell you. Great. So leaving court, Sabina began to wander the streets of Stoke-on-Trent. Also, like, at least give her a ride somewhere yeah, to, like, maybe the hospital me? where her sister is at. Like, instead, they're just like, um, yeah, she was wandering the streets trying to find her sister, um, oh, carrying all of her possessions in a clear plastic bag. Oh my god! So like, the gr- so Ursula is still like very much in the hospital. Yes. Her legs are crushed. Ursula like Ursula is fine. She's okay. in the hospital. Well, she's not fine. She's in the hospital. But okay. um, and Sabina is wandering the streets. Like they to couldn't find have her. like put her up in a motel, or at least again driven her to the hospital to be like, anything. Okay, or just something. Great. Um, called someone. Um, so around seven p.m. on that day, two local men spotted Sabina while they were walking her dog on Christchurch Street in Fenton. One of the men was 54-year-old Glenn Hollinshead, who was a self-employed welder, qualified paramedic. I remember what's Yeah, Bailey's remembering. And and former Royal Air Force member. And the other was his friend named Peter Malloy. Um, Sabina appeared friendly and stroked the dog as as the three of them struck up conversation. And she asked the two men for directions to any nearby bed and breakfasts or hotels. Although she was appeared friendly, Sabina also appeared to be behaving very nervously, which worried Malloy. 
Um, however, Hollinshead took pity upon Sabina and instead offered to take her back to his house at mm. nearby Duke Street. No. Which, like, if you meet a stranger who's like, hey, I need to maybe find a hotel, like, maybe point them in the direction of a nearest hotel. Like, But I, I also understand that it's like... You don't want to just, like, leave this person who... Well, like, it's, I think it's different because it's a middle-aged woman. Like, yeah. if this had been a man, like... Oh, I would have kept walking. Yeah. <laughs> and... I, and oh, okay. I mean, even when you and I were out the other day and like, it's obviously very different in New York where people try and come up and talk to you either to like get mm-hmm. you to buy something or get you to sign a petition mm-hmm. or just like want money. Um, when we were like, then that woman just, she wanted to know where the, the closest bus stop was. And yeah. I just was like, I was on a mission. I was like, nope. Yeah, you I were, helped you her. You were nice but, enough to But like, usually I like, I, the inclination is to just keep walking. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's nice that he did, he, he had good intentions. He had good intentions. Go on. Um, didn't really work out so well for him. Um, Sabina accepted his invitation, and um, once back at the house, she appeared to kind of initially calm down and began, you know, relating about how she really was just trying to find her. Um, her sister was in the hospital, but once they started having drinks, her odd behavior continued. Um, so at this point, it's Sabina, Peter Malloy, and Glenn. Glenn Holland said, "We're all at this house together." Uh, her odd behavior continued and she constantly start, would get up and would look out the window, um, which led Malloy to believe that she was maybe just, she had run away from an abusive partner. Mm. However, her paranoia continued to increase. Most notably, she um, continued to offer the men cigarettes only to quickly snatch them out of their mouths, claiming they might be poisoned. Oh, no. You got to call the police. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's when you're like, okay, girl, like mm-hmm. you, like, or like you take the couch, I'm going to lock myself in my bedroom yeah. for the foreseeable future. But despite his concerns, um, shortly before midnight, uh, Peter Molloy left and Sabina stayed the night. <sighs> uh, the next day around midday, um, Hollins had called his brother regarding how to contact local hospitals in order to locate Sabina's sister, Ursula. At 7.40 p.m., while a meal was being prepared, Hollins had left the house to ask a neighbor for tea bags and then went back inside. One minute later, he staggered back outside, now bleeding, and told his neighbor, who ran over to him, saying, she stabbed me, oh my God. before collapsing to the ground and quickly died from his injuries. Oh, my God. He had been stabbed five times. Oh, my God, Glenn. I know. That Glenn. sucks so much because she. I didn't realize she was there for... She, she was there for over 24 hours. That's And just snapped. Well, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as a neighbor dialed 999, which is 911 uh-huh. in the UK. Cool. I got it. Um, Sabina fled the premises. She was seen on CCTV cameras running out of the house with a hammer, periodically hitting herself over the head with it. Oh, honey. Yeah. It's, it gets bad before. This is, yeah. I'm also just so fucking mad at the police for this mm-hmm. situation because so this could, like, this man did not need, need to lose his life. This woman no. should never have been released no. into the public. No, no. Oh my god! At least give her. I guess I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, in I'm sure they England. probably couldn't keep her. But isn't there usually? I don't in the states. I think there's some sort of like 72 mm. psycho. I mean, but they also, were running into traffic. Yes. It wasn't just like she was acting weird. Yes. They were running into traffic. And doesn't doesn't she have a family? Uh, yes. Sabina is the one who I believe is the one. So it's Ireland. like keep her at the police station until her husband comes. I don't know. Oh my Apparently, God. like playing Frogger for real in traffic was like wasn't that enough. Was so, like they were like cool. So yep. So she's uh, running around hitting herself in the head with a hammer. Like that's gonna help. Oh. Um, a passing motorist. I, I'm, I think that's someone in a car. <laughs> I, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was sure it could be on a motorcycle. Saw her doing this and decided to tackle her in an attempt an attempt to take control of the hammer. Wow. 
at which point she pulled a roof tile out of her pocket and struck him on the back of the head with it, (gasps) which temporarily stunned him. So she was able to get away. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, what a good Samaritan. But like, Like, you got to just like call the police. Where the fuck did she get a roof tile? (laughs) (laughs) Frank busted. Where'd she get the hammer? This bitch is nuts. Um, No offense. Um, Yeah. She's actually. Yeah, she's she's not well. She needs help. Um, So the paramedics arrived and caught caught up to her, but she um, proceeded to continue to run away. And the pursuit ended at Huron Cross, um, where Sabina jumped from a 40 foot high bridge (gasps) onto the A50 truck road, trunk road. So just another highway. Okay. I'm like, why are these Girl sisters so horny for highways? highways. <laughs> just like, I need to get onto oh. that highway. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, nothing is going to stop her from getting into the middle of the road. No. Um, <laughs> from her fall, she broke both ankles and oh. fractured her skull, but survived and was taken to the hospital. Yeah, don't tell me that she got up and started running again. I mean, oh. okay. So on June 6, 2008, Sabina was arrested while recovering at the University Hospital of North Staffordshire. Um, she was discharged from the hospital on September 11th of the same year, at which point she was taken into custody and charged with murder. Ursula was also released from the hospital that same September, um, although she relocated back to Sweden and eventually back to the U.S. And um, yeah, so, so Ursula's like doing fine. I think. Okay. Um, Sabina pleaded guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility um, the following September. At no point during her interrogation or during the trial did she explain her actions, only replying to no com- replying no comment to extensive police questioning. Oh, my God. So at least your story with the Trump family, they were like, we don't know. Like, we're like, this was so embarrassing. Like, right. Like something was going wrong. Like, yeah. like, I apologize for my actions. She just refused to answer any question. Great. Um, both the prosecution and the defense claimed that Sabina was insane at the time of the killing, um, although she had become sane again by the time of her trial. I mean, okay. I th- I think, like, in this case, like, a lot of people try to try to argue, like, not guilty by reason of insanity. Like, this one, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll give you it. Yeah. Uh, the defense claimed that Erickson was a secondary sufferer of folia de... Mm-hmm. Influenced by the presence or perceived presence of her twin sister, who was considered the primary sufferer. So I know we did this last week, but in case you didn't listen to it or in case you forget, um, folia de, which is French for the madness of two or shared psychosis. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we both probably got this definition off of Wikipedia. Of course. Is a psychiatric syndrome in which the symptoms, sorry, is a psychiatric syndrome in which the symptoms, I don't know why that was a mouthful, mm. of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. Um, the same syndrome shared by more than two people can be called folie à trois, mm. of three, mm-hmm. folie à quatre, folie en famille, or family madness, or even folie à plusieurs, which is madness of several. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Just bringing out my, like, well, I guess sophomore year French. The one that I was talking about wasn't necessarily the, just two then. Well, well, I think this kind of speaks to the kind of the cases of um, mass hysteria that you talked about yeah. in that episode a long time ago, which I think it's where it's like, it's a collective delusion, but I think, and I don't know where, I think it usually is traced back to one person who then mm-hmm. like kind of like their mm-hmm. madness begins to um, seep into others. Yes, ooh, nice. <laughs> um, the court also heard a case that she had suffered from a rare psychiatric disorder, which made her hear voices, but she could not interpret what the, what the voices were saying to her, as well as an alternative theory that she suffered from acute polymorphic delusional disorder. So long story short, they were like, she's 
was not in her right mind at the time of the incident and should therefore be should therefore be not guilty or at least no sorry she's pleading guilty so mm-hmm. she was gone okay I, I it's so interesting that one that they are arguing folio de in a courtroom which mm-hmm. to me seems really surprising because I can picture people being like that's not a real thing I think when there's just no evidence of drugs or alcohol yeah. and like I mean I I think you should if you if you if you think you can handle it which I'm sure you can if you listen to this podcast just watch the video because mm-hmm. you can hear like the things are screaming at each yeah. other and it's just like they were not and you I mean this you see this Sabina she even hit by two cars you yeah. see her get hit by two cars and she is up and she is fighting these people yeah. so no, either I mean, it was like crazed adrenaline no or I like, believe it like I really do think that mu- they must have been. I don't know what the I don't know what the delusion was, but they're reinforcing it between each other. But the interesting thing is that Sabina continues it when Ursula is not around. That's true. Which I hadn't really thought about. Neither had I. But I so guess which, if it or gets, maybe or maybe she's the primary. Yeah, but maybe if it gets to a certain point, you there's like no going back from it. Well, and it's because Sabina was the one who was very concerned about her children mm-hmm. back in Ireland yeah. while she's in London. And who apparently had a fight with her partner. So maybe that was the trigger. Yeah. Because also what's odd is that I think that the cases of, um, so so even like the silent twins we talked about, like they were like living together in this like close. Yeah. Whereas Sabina and Ursula from the research I did, didn't seem like they were actually that close at all. And they, right. Well, they were living in separate countries. Um, so I don't know what we, we will, the answer is we don't know what, what went down. Um, some, uh, some alternative theories, given the similarities in the behaviors, some people have brought up drug use. Um, I'm pretty sure that has been ruled out. Obviously, I'm sure that would have been yeah. presented if that was possible, as well as potentially a suicide pact. Oh. Um, hmm. But And their older brother, Bjorn, claimed in a Swedish newspaper that his sisters were fleeing from maniacs who were chasing them. But I, I don't, just... I don't, maybe that's what they told him. May, like, maybe for the first incident? Like... But, like, uh, the solution is not run into a highway. No. No, 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 no. Um, Interestingly enough, at no time was the video from the highway incident used as evidence in the court for this murder case. Oh, okay. Which you would think is, like, this is primary evidence that she was not in her, was nowhere near in her right frame of mind. I wonder if one of, if they argued that it was inadmissible for some reason. Maybe. Um her plea was accepted by the prosecution at Nottingham Crown Court on September 2nd, 2010. Um, My birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Justice Sanders concluded that Sabina had a low level of culpability for her actions, saying, I understand that the sentence will, will seem entirely inadequate to the relatives of the deceased. However, I have sentenced on the basis that the reason of the killing was the mental illness and therefore the culpability of the defendant is low. And therefore the sentence I have passed is designed to protect the public. What? It is not designed to reflect the grief the relatives have suffered or to measure the value of Mr. Hollinshead's life. No sentence that I could pass could do that. It is a sentence which I hope fairly measures a truly tragic event. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I guess it does because I think that what I think what he's saying is like we can't bring this guy back. Mm-hmm. She clearly was not in her right frame of mind. Right. It, we could punish her more, but like that seems unfair. It's also kind of like ruining two lives yeah. instead of one when like clearly she needs help. Um, Sabina was sentenced to five years in prison and was sent to the Bronze Field Women's pr- Prison, um, in which 
lo and behold, she turned to Christianity. Oh. Classic. Thank goodness. Um, thank God, actually. Having already spent, however, having already spent 439 days in custody before sentencing, um, she was eligible for, eligible for release in 2011. And um, no one really knows what happened to her. Oh, wow. Um, at least nothing I could find. And it seems that Ursula has, uh, once she moved back to the U.S., just kind of went like under the radar and yeah. just like, didn't want to be found. So she wasn't, she wasn't sentenced to any psychiatric care. Ursula, no, no, Sabina, uh, no, because I think was what they found or what they argued and kind of was that she was insane at the time of the incident, but it was sane by the time. Yeah, it's sure, but like you could snap back at any point if, mm-hmm. like, well, especially really if there's something wrong. Yeah. Um. Obviously, many questions were obviously left unanswered, and um, uh, Detective Superintendent Dave Garrett stated that the, the reasons for the two events may never be truly known or understood, but the taking of Glenn's life was a violent and senseless act. Some people, including Peter Malloy, called for investigation into the way the criminal justice system handled the matter. Uh, Gary Hans had the brother of Sabina's victim stated, uh, we don't hold her responsible the same as we wouldn't blame a rabid dog for biting someone. She is ill to a large degree, not responsible for actions, but her, her mental disorder um, should have been recognized much earlier. Yeah. I do question the criminal justice system for allowing someone like this to be let out when she's capable of committing such a crime. Thank you. Her mental condition should have been properly assessed after what she did on the motorway and the experiences the police had. Her mental disorder should have been picked up prior to her being let out in the community. Um, my brother saw Erickson distress and was just trying to help. He wasn't slow in coming forward to help someone in distress. It was in his nature. He was trying to help. He would help anybody. If he saw a fight in the street and a guy was losing, he would help. Oh. Gary, so, thank you for doing this podcast for us. I know. So unfortunately, that's all I could really find. Yeah. Um, if any of you listeners out there know more or um, are curious to research more, please let us know. Because I would, I mean, I would love to know if there's any update on yeah. what Sabina and um, Ursula are up to or if they've made any sort of comment. My guess is no. Right. But also like how even even, even if, if she, she hasn't made a comment, what is she doing? Well, there's no way she's ever going to live a normal life knowing that she killed someone. Yeah. Especially like if she truly I mean, she <laughs> obviously was in some sort of state of paranoia. And um, I mean, I think that there was some shared delusion of like they were running from something. Yeah. And nothing was going to stop them from running and including mm-hmm. cars. Yep. Um, and I think that probably she just turned on that guy who was just trying to help her and killed him. No, for sure. I guess the the part that gets me is that if she supposedly was sane by the time of the trial, why didn't she show remorse for what she had done? Cause that's like that's a really good point. Like, or maybe they, maybe they, maybe they were like, you know what? Don't just say no comment because it's only, it's going to hurt gonna, your case. Yeah, you're going to incriminate else. yourself further. No, that's a, those are actually two really good points. Cause I actually found that, I mean, there's no real justification unless it's justifiable homicide for killing someone. Right. But it always, I think can bring, and we talked about this with the golden state killer. Like if he would just admit what he had done or like, just like say, maybe say you're sorry. It's not gonna be a whole lot of solace, but it's better than sitting there being like, no comment. Like, yeah, I'm not like give give the family some peace of mind. Like why did this person have to die? Because like you were losing it. Right. And again, I'm not trying to devalue someone's, mental health um in fact like i put the blame not on sabina i put it on the the uh the police that decided to do virtually nothing 
yeah. after the first incident. Absolutely. Because the, the first incident itself could would be like a contained crazy story, but it's like yes. they just let her go yeah. without anything. And, and it and takes such a dark turn. Like it, it, it really is very tragic. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. This is the story like really is from the first time I ever heard it, it's haunted me. And yeah. I watched the, the video of the motorway incident for the first time yesterday. And it further confuses me and shock. It's, it's just shocking. Yeah. It's just like, it's the kind of, you know, again, if it was something where like, Oh, they were on drugs or, Oh, like they were like, if there was a true specific explanation, I think that it could, you could sleep better thinking about it, mm-hmm. but it's more just like, we will never know yeah. what was happening and why they really just really needed to hang out on that highway. It, they really did. <laughs> Multiple highways. Uh-huh. Multiple times. Yeah. Well, Anyways. great. Um, you know, let's have our yeah, have let's our bitch. bitch session just real quick. Yeah. Um, mine is very dumb. I'll, I'll give also, a dumb one too. Also related to my Metro North trip. Okay. Um, we love talking about public transportation. We do. Here on RWF. But so my complaint is, you know, sometimes when you take, this is, a, so this for me, when I'm going home to Connecticut is like a two hour train ride. So it's, it's substantial. And, you know, sometimes you're on that train and, and it's very, very busy mm-hmm. and every seat is taken. Mm-hmm. And kind of as you get closer to, to your destination, it makes all these different stops and people get off and the Thank train, you for explaining yes, the, no problem. How trains work. The train begins to become less full. Oh, mm-hmm. as people get off, it becomes less full. Yes, exactly. Right. So you're with me. Um, so I was sitting in a, a two person seater and I had a person come and sit next to me, which was fine. There was a full train, but after a while the, the train was getting emptier and emptier and it, the car we were in was at a point where like most rows were empty and we still had a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Did the person next to me move to one no. of those empty rows? No. She just sat there next, like, and you're, and it's like, it's close quarters. You're yes, just like, your is. arms are like right up against them. Like I had like multiple bags that were kind of on top of me. And she just, she just rode out the rest of her journey, right, right up next to me with the empty row right next to us. And it's, it's not the first time it's happened to me. So I just want to say, if you're ever in one of those situations and you can, you can make someone that you don't know a little bit more comfortable just by moving your butt just like a foot. <laughs> Just do that. Why didn't you move? Well, she was on the outside and okay. I was on the inside. So I would have had to have been like, hi, can I like get up and go over there? Whereas she yeah. could eat like, like I see what you mean. Like she would, was in the aisle and yeah. I was by the window. I still would have done it. I would have been like, excuse me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like I need some leg room. That's a good point. I could have had agency, but instead I'm just no, going just gotta, to complain yeah, on this no, podcast no, it's, about it's her, it. It's still her fault. Okay, great. Um, so I know we've mentioned The Greatest Showman on this podcast before. Oh, so many times. Yeah. <laughs> More times than needs to be mentioned. This is nothing about this film okay. per se. Um, but I recently, through just like the black hole of the internet, found the song um, This Is Me, mm. sung by uh, Kiala Settle. Is that her name? I think so. She's, it's an incredible song. Mm, girl. She sings the fucking hell out of it. Um, that's not the complaint. My complaint is that this trend of and I've seen it numerous times where like there's an amazing song in the movie mm-hmm. and instead of like people using that as the publicity, they have like a celebrity re-record it oh. and re-release it as a single. They did? 
So Kesha has done no. a version of This Is Me, which I listened to it, and it's basically the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's the same backing tracks. It's just like her singing the lead vocals. Oh my god. I mean, it's not like it's gonna be like hitting the charts, but like No, but like it's still weird. Kella Settle is fucking, fucking fantastic. Like, fucking fantastic. And she like, deserves it. Like she Tony nominated bitch. Like she's she is so fucking good and sings again, like such passion in that song. The same thing happened. Demi Lovato did a version of Let It Go. When oh Frozen came out. And like, this and like is, when Faith Hill did a version of that, <laughs> Where Are You Christmas from <laughs> The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, when that really should have, belo- that fame should have been for Taylor Momsen <laughs> at age 11. Um, this is nothing against the re- artists who record it. Like, I love Demi Lovato and I love Kesha. Yeah. So it's not about them per se. It's, it's more about the like, obviously they're trying to capitalize off of like, oh, we'll get people to listen to this song and this music if we like put in more name like a yeah. recognizable name on yeah. it which i just think is like unnecessary and i think it kind of devalues like if, if i were in it if i were in a movie and i recorded the song and, and i was like really proud of it the last thing i'd want is like oh like like people are listening to it but like on spotify but the more streams of it are coming from like the kesha version yeah and like i feel like with that with that movie specifically i it, i was glad that they had made the move to cast a lot of the people that they did cast who are not, I mean, there are plenty of stars in the movie, but there's a, a large part of the cast who are not well-known. Mm-hmm. And it was very pleasant to see those people get an amazing solo like that. So it just kind of goes against that good yeah, like, faith. Yeah, that good faith hill. <laughs> wow, bringing it back. You know, let's just end on that yeah, <laughs> bad can... note. Um, um, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at RWF Podcast. You can send all your suggestions of spooky stories and things that have happened to you or your mom um, at rwfpodcast at gmail.com. Our Patreon, if you want to donate $5 a month for some bonus content, that's patreon.com slash rwfpodcast. Yep. And the link to it is in our Instagram bio. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. it Um, stay, stay cool out there. Stay witchy. It's a scorcher. Yep. Hot as hell. Bye Bye, bitches. bitches.